Today we'll see how a royal official gains a new faith in Christ on this episode of Bible Study Podcast. Welcome to another edition of Bible Study Podcast. My name is Justin, and I'm so glad to have you join with me today as we get back on track with our journey through John's Gospel. Last week was really a fun time for me as I was able to share with you an excursus that has truly been on my mind as of late, but as fun as it was, I'm glad to be back on schedule as we'll finish up the fourth chapter in John today. Now, just in case you cannot remember... You can always contact me at Bible Study Podcast Justin at gmail.com. I will usually get back to you within a couple of days, so please feel free to email me. And finally, you'll hear again at the end of this podcast a clip from my friend Marcus Bradley. If you like what you hear, please contact me and I'll set you up with the information on how you can also get his CD in your hands. Now as we approach God's Word, let us respond to the Word He has already given to us in prayer. Our Father... Be gracious to us, for we take refuge in you. We cry out to you, for you are the one who can accomplish all things. You are the one who sends forth your loving kindness and truth to rescue us. So we are steadfast in you, O God, and we will sing your praises. Be exalted among the nations, and help us to glorify your name to all. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Well, let's pick up again in John 4. At verse 43, which reads, After the two days, he went forth from there into Galilee. So the stage is set right away as we see Jesus, after his two days of mission work in Samaria, leaving that area and heading northwest up to Galilee. Now John adds a strange footnote here as we read on into verses 44 and 45. For Jesus himself testified that a prophet has no honor in his own country. So when he came to Galilee... The Galileans received him, having seen all the things that he did in Jerusalem at the feast, for they themselves also went to the feast. Now there's a good amount of debate about what John is actually talking about here when he says that Jesus testified a prophet has no honor in his own country. This debate has come up mainly because of the fact that it's here, it's in the location it's at, and, and it seems that if he was talking about his homeland, Nazareth, which is in Galilee, then he would be walking into an area because he knew they would not honor him. You know, and this is kind of a strange thought. But regardless, as Merrill Tenney notes, whatever the subject of this claim may be, there is a definite assumption that is laid out about the people to whom Jesus will now interact. In a sense, John is setting up the fact that the people will have no honor for Jesus and as we see in verse 45, even now they only receive him because of the signs which he performed back at the end of chapter 2 at the Passover feast. In other words, John has painted a picture for us that Jesus is walking into a group which accepts him now because he does signs, because he does wonders. But once those signs and wonders go away, there's no honor to be found for him. And so we read on in verses 46 and 47. Therefore he came again to Cana of Galilee, where he had made the water wine. And there was a royal official whose son was sick at Capernaum. 
When he heard that Jesus had come out of Judea into Galilee, he went to him and was imploring him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. Now some have guessed that maybe Jesus came back to Cana to meet with disciples he had made when he was at the wedding feast that John refers to, but we're not directly told that, and, and the reason for his being there is not overly important. What is important is the fact that he is there. And upon his arrival, there is a royal official who comes to him. Now the man has a son who is quite sick and is back at their home in Capernaum. Now Capernaum is about a 20 to 25 mile journey to Cana, so it's not like you're just walking around the block. In this, we see two things. First, we see that Jesus' fame has spread quite a bit in the fact that neighboring towns, neighboring villages, know that Jesus is coming, even within like a 30 mile radius. We can also see, secondly, the desperate nature of the man's request. We see that the official is willing to come all the way to Cana to take a chance that the one who does miracles, the healer, could also heal his son. So he comes to Jesus and begs him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. Now what follows is a quite interesting chain of events, as Jesus answers the man's request with a critique, which is found in verse 48. So Jesus said to him, Unless you people see signs and wonders, you simply will not believe. Now Jesus was not just addressing the man as he said this, but he's addressing the people as a whole. You know, And as John has set it up for us, it makes sense. He's telling them, You people just don't get it. You don't have faith in me at all. You don't believe me. The only way that you can trust that I am who I am is if I perform a sign for you. If I do some kind of miracle... I have to impress you. It is, is as though you don't follow me unless I become the circus. Man, does this critique sting us today or what? We, just like the people of Galilee, are often people who require some kind of a sign from God before we will follow his commands. We want some kind of warm or fuzzy feeling. We want some kind of emotional peace or something to let us know that God is really involved in our lives, that he cares about us, that this is what he wants us to do. But this is exactly what Jesus is telling them. It's not about the signs. It's not about the wonders. It's not about how you feel. It's not about what you sense. It's about you having the faith to follow me, no matter what you can see or sense around you. It's about you trusting that when I say I am the Son of God, I am the Son of God. Well, the man, of course, returns with his request as any father would. In verse 49, as we read that the royal officials said to him, Sir, come down before my child dies. But Jesus gives the man a challenge at this point. And it, it's a very interesting challenge. As he says in verse 50, Go, your son lives. You see, the man is faced with the decision here. He's just heard Jesus. You know, I, I would believe that he has been within earshot, if not right in front of Jesus, when he says, Hey, you people don't get it. You're looking for signs, and it's not about signs. Well, he's faced with this now, because Jesus has said, Go, your son lives. But the man is faced with the decision of, Will he trust in faith that when Jesus says his son is healed, it's true? Or will he turn to Jesus and again beg him to accompany him back home to heal his son in person? 
It's the question of whether the man will believe in faith or whether he will only trust in what he knows. Now I have to admit to you, this is something that will be tough. Do you take him at his word? Or do you still continue to beg for him to come back with you? Well, the rest of verse 50 gives us the man's answer. It says, The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and started off. You see, the man chose to trust in faith that what Jesus said was true. This is exactly the call that we are given today, friends. True faith believes in the authority of the one who says it without requiring evidence to trust them. You see, the man could have easily asked Jesus to come with him to make sure the healing took, but he didn't. He trusted that if Jesus said it, it was done. Now, this is not to say that true faith is blind faith, but it is to say that true faith involves us trusting even though we can't initially tell what's going on. Well, you say, what happened to the man? You know, the story is actually quite phenomenal as we read the following verses in, in verse 51 to 54. As he was now going down, his slaves met him, saying that his son was living. So he inquired of them the hour when he began to get better. Then they said to him, Yesterday at the seventh hour the fever left him. So the father knew that it was at that hour in which Jesus said to him, Your son lives, and he himself believed, and his whole household this is again a second sign that Jesus performed when he had come out of Judea into Galilee. You see, the man's faith was validated. Jesus had in fact healed his son. But the importance of this episode was not that the son was healed, although that was important. I'm sure the man would have said, yes, this is key, my son's healed. But that wasn't the main part of this story. This isn't why John included it here just to see the son healed. No, the key was that the man, the royal official, turned to Christ in faith and believed. Now this is the lesson that is meant for us today. We must trust in the word of the one who sent us, Jesus, the Christ. We must trust that if he says we will be saved, then we will. You see, the son was not healed because the man believed, but the man was healed because he believed. The man was changed. In fact, the man's household was changed. They all turned to Christ as a result of this. But the man in this story chose to follow in faith. My question to you is, will you also choose to follow Jesus in faith? Will you turn to Christ and say, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know I've done wrong before your eyes and before your laws. But you said that your death on the cross would pay for my sins, and that if I trust in you in faith, you will save me from the penalty of my sin. So now I trust you, Lord. I trust in the work you did on the cross to save me from my sins and to cleanse me. Friends, if you say a prayer like that today, I, I encourage you to let me know. I'd love to send you some materials to help you along in your new commitment to Christ. But let me remind you, it is key. It is essential. It is how God operates in the world today. We must believe in faith. For He has given us His Word. He has given us prayer by which we can communicate to Him. But we still must believe. We still must choose to follow 
Well, before we depart from one another today, let's close with a word of prayer. Our Father, you have blessed us with your word today and have shown us that we must follow you by faith as the official did so many years ago. Help us to trust you as we take this step to become one of your children. Thank you for the cross and the work you did there. It's in Jesus' holy name that we pray. Amen. And until next time, friends, may God bless and keep you.